Hey, I'm Bailey. I'm Michael. And I'm David. And welcome back to Facing the Gates podcast. Today, we are here discussing, uh, uh, we went to church yet again. We went to a Presbyterian church. We went to Grace Presbyterian. Uh, last week, you heard the interview with Pastor Trent. No, last week was Pastor Mike. I mean, Mark. No, oh. last week when this comes out. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, good job. My brain's a little fucked up. Don't, it's okay. Just pretend like I know everything because I definitely don't, but pretend like I do. All right. Anyway, um, <clears throat> David didn't go with us because he had his rony shot. And oh, yeah. It was awful. He was knocked out. It's over with. Um, so I'm safe. Yeah. So you didn't um, hear the interview yet, um, but. What was your first impressions when we walked up to the church? Because me and Michael were there yesterday, so we can talk about that in a minute. But what were your first thoughts when you walked up? It's like, well, because especially when we used to live near that area, Mm -hmm. we used to drive past and it's like, that's an interesting looking design and everything. Because for people that don't know where it's at, it's kind of a straight hall, but then off to the left... It's kind of a pyramid structure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that it's different design. It's not your typical four walls and a stage. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it, but nothing wrong with that. Whatever suits your needs, use it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of cool that it's a different idea of a design, and it's not necessarily a church design, but it's also not just a regular building yeah well that was one thing i was gonna say is uh not to not to trash on the heights but i could at least tell this church was a church yeah because we pulled into the wrong parking lot i was like hey belly church is behind there because you could obviously <clears throat> look at the building and go oh that's a church yeah like it, it was uh i was very serene and peaceful because there's there's a little bit of like trees around and <laughs> very and quiet yeah it was it was it's a fairly small church um i don't know how to describe the architecture like like david said there's a there's an archway there's two buildings there's a sanctuary um red carpet red seats cushion nice chairs like chairs are pretty good, good lumbar support yeah white uh white ceiling with the wood going through to create kind of that point at the top uh-huh. and then a main support beam down from the point yeah it's they, very they also had a their lights were cool um they were like kind of um cylindrical uh lights with the, a cross on them yeah um i've noticed a good chunk of churches use those lights but they look nice well also you can tell that the building is a product of its time because it was built up when that area was built up mm-hmm and so you could tell some things were based to look older and then some things were just product of their time. Like yeah. the ceilings and the uh, exterior, you could tell a little bit, mm-hmm. but it looked very much like a place of worship. Yeah. I was going to say, it kind of looks like a hybrid of like, y- you could tell it wasn't like super ancient. But it also wasn't super modern either. It was kind of like a blend of the two, the, somewhat. The way to describe it would at be at least like, from the outside. 
think of grandpa's like study mm-hmm. where he'd sit in front of a fireplace, light a pipe and just sit there and ponder. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the vibe I got, especially after sitting in his office, talking with him mm-hmm. and then going to the service today was it felt very much welcoming due to our area we're in. It didn't feel foreign. Right. But you could tell this place was a special place. Yeah. So we walked up today. Um, as I mentioned, it was it is a fairly small church uh, compared to the one we went to last week. It was quite different. Um, I think there was maybe about 30 or so people there. Yeah. Um, and we, when we, we walked in, we were greeted by a couple people. Um, yeah, good. Surprise. Like a decent amount of congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah. as inviting. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So, that, I mean. That, I guess that's more so towards Southern hospitality at its finest. Yeah. True. Well, also, Pastor Trent spoke upon being hospitable and things. In our interview yesterday and even today, I think he mentioned something about welcoming. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. So couple people came and talked to us a little bit um obviously there's not as many people so not as many people came up to us but um yeah um we weren't we were not called out in the middle of the service like we were last time which is i'm okay with david's okay with it well it's whatever way if they want to announce it yeah, you don't Fantastic. have to draw attention. We don't have to be like, we have podcasters in the audience. But if you want to, feel free to. That's yeah. your choice. We're at your place. Yeah, this one I felt it was much more like we're actually visiting a church. And the last one was like, we're visiting a church. And also we're internet celebrities, but we're not. We're special guests. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I felt like we were actually legitimately visiting a church. Not that we weren't before with Heights, but... Um, there had been people who were talking about the podcast so, prior to us being there, obviously. Yeah, so with like Pastor Mark, especially with how excited he was about the podcast and the idea, yeah, make kind of makes sense to share yeah. with everyone. Which I'm I'm not I'm not opposed to it either yeah. way. I'm just saying <clears throat> it's a different experience when um a lot of people know about the podcast, mm-hmm. and then you're going to a different church where yeah. basically. No one knows about the podcast, as far as I know. But on to the but, uh, yeah. kind of big thing, especially with the kind of age group mm-hmm. there, being like, oh, a podcast, they might have been like, what is that? Yeah, true. There was um, there, there was a little bit of a weird age gap. Age um, disparity. Yeah, because there was, I don't know, there's probably a, a good group of uh, probably elderly-ish people, and then... There's a like a couple younger people, yeah. but not very many. A handful of small families. <clears throat> yeah. And then like one or two probably our age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so I mean like I'm not I'm not gonna say it's it's a completely unhealthy congregation, but um it is a smaller group, so you're going to have less of each people because there's less people, period. Um but yeah, um, I mean, it was still warming and welcoming despite the fact that there's yeah. not a ton of people there and you don't need a ton of people to be fair to, yeah. 
you know, numbers aren't everything. But and to kind of tie on the into the different theological approaches, you could tell this where at heights you could tell emotions they let the emotions do a good bit of the talking. Whereas this scene more we're here to <clears throat> listen to Pastor Trent speak and use those words to guide us instead of even with the people and how they approach and things like that. Right. So I would say this one, uh, the the Presbyterian church, um, I would say is a little bit more, um, it, well, the, the one thing for the interview, uh, I think Pastor Trent's answers were more intellectually stimulating, I guess. Um, not to say that, Pastor Mark wasn't, you know, he yeah. just tend to simplify things down because that's who he's speaking to. Yeah, generally. that's his demographic. Right. Um, and more power to him if you can take something complex, break it down, and then kind of feed those kind of simple things into a, a long string of here's a complete story. Yeah. If, so, if it works, it works. <clears throat> so, um, the the service itself was much more i want to say ritualistic but i don't mean i know that can be pejorative i don't mean it in a bad way it's just like it's very structured and it's more like more like you would expect a contemporary church to have the hymnals <clears throat> prayer a uh, little bit of speaking hymnal prayer yeah it well i i would say more of like a traditional yeah, church yeah. because contemporary, contemporary has would, changed meaning well, yeah contemporary has a more the connotation is more like for example heights church oh, would yeah. be more but, contemporary yeah where i'm using contemporary as kind of like what people would think of when they're yeah what we grew up mm -hmm. expecting out of church yeah it was very structured very not leaning you can tell uh there was a lot of bible which yeah. I think is a good thing. You know, they were... A lot of Bible, <clears throat> a little bit of dry humor. Yeah. Um, they, there, there are, obviously they have, they, they do hymns as opposed to contemporary music, um, which I think, um, regardless of your music taste, I think hymns carry more theology in them i think i think it's it's much more loaded with like here's the bible put into a song basically with a hymn yeah. and the way they're numbered you can tell that they're done that way so you can use them as a you can use them after a point of reference mm -hmm. um yeah so more structured more traditional yeah, I would, I would say it's definitely more traditional. The uh, they also have the uh, they did confessions of faith. Uh, he said he goes back and forth between the Apostles' Creed and the um, Nicene Creed, um, which I thought was interesting and cool because those are some of the earliest creeds um, that Christians formed. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's cool that they have people recite that because it's important for people to know like what the earliest Christians believed and to continue to preserve that for the future. Yeah. And 
just like with any theology, whether or not that's how you believe or feel, it's always good to preserve how others previous to you thought so you can learn from it. Mm -hmm. And that's just history in general. Right. Um, I do like, as far as the... Uh, when he gave his sermon, um, he read a passage from the Old Testament, and then he read one from the Gospel. Uh, he read from Second Kings, then he read from Mark, um, and kind of compared and contrasted the stories and showed some parallels between them. Uh, I, I thought that was really interesting because um, a, a lot of at least churches that I've gone to will be like, "All right, here's like three verses that I'm going to read." And I'm going to expound upon that, and it might somewhat relate to that. It might, it might not. not. Um, this is much more like a Bible study kind of approach. Yeah. Like and this is what what the, the historical context, and this is what these things meant. And, and this is our key yeah. phrase. Right. Which today was, don't be afraid, believe, or something. I want to say that was it. Go to Jesus. Basically, don't yeah. be afraid. Well, don't, believe. don't be fearful. Be bold in your yeah. belief. Yeah. Um, because it, the I remember the the passage in Mark was um about the woman who touched Jesus's uh, garment and yeah, and then power it goes went out on from to him. the little the young girl the daughter, and mm -hmm. he said she she is not dead. She's sleeping. Right. And he also referenced the uh, 12, the number 12 and kind of that repetition because the lady for 12 years and the girl was probably like 12 years old or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then and the correlations between those. And I, I like that he brought up that uh, with the little girl, there is debate on whether she was dead or not, but in the end it doesn't matter due to the over looming story because she's not well basically whether she was dead or not she's not dead anymore yeah is what he was getting at um but also the reason there is debate around this is because a lot of the times in the new testament sleeping refers to people who have died because they a lot of the, the times in the new testament there's spiritual death which is you went to hell, basically. Yeah. And there is sleeping, which is the people who went to be with Jesus. So that's kind of the way oftentimes the New Testament uses life and death. Um, life is going to be with Jesus. Death is being separated from him. Yeah. Whereas our modern usage of those words is life is being alive, living, and death is what happens after that. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a disconnect um, and, and in the way we the, understand uh, that. Phrasing that Jesus used was kind of <clears throat> probably due to translation, a mm -hmm. little open-ended, but I'm, I appreciate that he didn't shy away from that fact or try to shove something in there. And mm -hmm. he, he let people know, honestly, there's debate about this. Yeah. There's yeah. debate about this. <clears throat> yeah. And no matter the school of thought, what matters is Jesus performed the miracle on this person, mm -hmm. 12 years old, 
just like this lay he performed a miracle well he didn't perform a miracle but a miracle was performed upon this lady who had 12 years of something to do with blood i can't quite put my finger on that some form of constant bleeding yeah something like that and i don't remember exactly instead honestly. of de- instead of delving on the details he used the details but didn't shy away that there may be some disagreements upon them yeah so he was he was much more I think the way you put it when on in the car on the way here is you, you said he was kind of much more like a teacher instead of a preacher. Because yeah. uh, in, in the modern in the modern sense that like people like preach at you, instead you of, know, instead of teaching you and instructing you. And, and that is I think that's a good approach to have yeah, to when you open the hymn book. Uh, it had something about how preachers are the people appointed by God to teach. Mm hmm. And I think the way we view that, it, especially uh, with different traditions and denominations, it's viewed differently. And I kind of like Pastor Trent's approach, which is teaching. Yeah. And it felt more like you you were sitting there learning instead of ex- instead of having an emotional experience. You were thinking and listening. Right. And then if emotion came, it came. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. Yeah. So I, overall it was it was much more structured. Um the the hymns were balanced throughout the service. It wasn't like all the uh It wasn't a all, wall of hymns. It wasn't like all the music at the front end of the service and then the um uh, sermon after and then that's it. And then prayer then go. Right. Well, um it I, it was it was like hymns and then prayer. you know prayer and then you know, it it, it Tied, would, yeah, prayer. yeah. I think there's what four, four or five prayers. Mm-hmm. And he would have everyone stand when they were, when we were uh, singing or praying. Um, the bulletin is very helpful for people like me who oh. haven't attended their church. They have it written out. Um, like there's an asterisk if you need to stand here or. There, there's a little tells you what hymn numbers there are, so you can pull up the hymn book and figure out where it is. Especially, where, yeah, especially with being <clears throat> such a small congregation, mm-hmm. it's kind of harder to just read the room. Mm-hmm. But having that, here's what we usually do. Here's the plans. Here's kind of the lesson that we're going to be teaching about today. Makes it less intimidating. Yeah, and so I, I wasn't like. I mean, I I was able to follow along partly because I'm I came from a church that's somewhat like this. Um, I I would say this is a little bit more formal, um, and and a little bit more structured and regimented, um, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, and it could also be right now his demographic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But also, one thing I will comment on the past two churches together is it I. Both of these preachers seem very welcoming and willing to have a sit-down conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, says a lot about a church. Because it didn't feel intimidating to interview either of them. They were both... Seem pretty interested in the conversations. And they're pretty down-to-earth and willing to answer. Even with our wordy dirts. Even with our wordy dirts. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say that is one thing that we 
I know there are some churches where the preacher is very intimidating to talk to where you just don't talk to him like that. Mm-hmm. But these past two, you can tell that if you need to talk, they're there. Right. Yeah. And especially with a smaller congregation like Pastor Trent's, that's, that says a lot because it's, he views it as a uh, community and wanting to grow that community mm-hmm. without giving up what keeps him, him and his religion, his religion. Right. So I think we should talk a little bit about the interview also. Um, yeah. Especially since I haven't even heard it yet. Yeah. He could have just dropped the raw files off. No. Oh, I haven't rendered it out yet. It's still on my laptop. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, uh, she just left me a laptop. <laughs> I will say I felt really at home with the office. Oh yeah. With all the books everywhere and the carpet and all that, it felt felt lived in. Yeah. Um. Okay. Where Where do we even start with the interview? I, I kept thinking of different things. Was there anything specific you wanted to start with uh, about the interview? Because I kept thinking of things, but I I'm forgetting them. First off, it was a very good intellectual conversation, mm-hmm. and he was. I can tell he really knows church history and he is, he's not just a teacher, but he's also a student Mm -hmm. and talking with him about different, uh, people like your Calvin's Lewis, et cetera, kind of Lutherans. Well, I'm talking about, uh, schools of thoughts within. Oh, right. Right. Okay. And I can tell that he's, done a lot of research and a lot of reading and he cares about the history that the church was built upon and uh, he has an idea of the context which things come from that was the one thing i wanted to say was um approach uh the approach that the pastors take uh, both of them that we've interviewed so far have have different approaches because they're trying to do different things yeah. they have the Whereas, same end goal of teaching and they have the same the goal, yeah, but the means by which they the means to the end, yeah. So, Pastor Mark, uh, he he, you know, uses Heart. the music and speaks the way he does because Heart of the sleeve. because of the audience he's trying to reach. Um, Pastor Trent is is trying to be the 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 method which with which they have the worship service is intended to be historical traditional and and true and good worship basically and that's that's the aim of that worship um which not to say that one is bad and the other one's not and it's just a different approach it gets you to the same end goal and you know because we were talking about this a little bit on the way back um i don't think one is necessarily worse than the other i think one might be more theologically correct than the other um but ultimately it's going to appeal to different people and and different age ranges and different types of people um so at the end of the day what i i mean if somebody's in church then they're in church in my opinion as long as they're not in a mormon church (laughs) Uh, as long as they're but sitting in a pew or or a unitarian church or something yeah yeah, and I, I 
I kind of feel the same way. One appeals to me more due to the type of person I am versus the other, but I'm not going to ever say one's right and one's wrong unless there is a very clear, like, this is bullshit moment. Right. And, but I will say, I can tell he cares and they both care and are passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what, um, as we talked with about past Mark in his interview, because he has a large congr- con- uh, congregation, the works they can do can reach even more people mm-hmm. where the smaller works is, I don't know if y'all talked about that in the interview. Oh yeah, we did. But it's like, yeah, he, the best you can reach. Yeah. He, he mentioned, he's like, yeah, we kind of need to work on that, but we do what we can with who we have, you know, it's yeah. just, it's more difficult when you have a smaller congregation, mm-hmm. obviously. I, I have a lot of respect for that, honestly, because we all have things we can work on. Yeah. And that says a lot about a person to be able to go, hey, this is where I feel we can do better. Yeah. I liked how um, he did kind of take notes on certain questions and had uh, more lengthy responses and thought out responses for some of them. Um, That's kind of like what I would do when it comes to like the episodes. I told you, like, hearing his sermon, it's kind of like if you... (laughs) <laughs> preach for a little bit <laughs> at least in how y'all talk about stuff and like especially with you doing a lot of research and looking into like historical aspects mm-hmm. as well you, you, you should just uh, become a preacher yeah uh, i don't know just do it i might i don't want to be judged that harshly <laughs> I just, just do, do it the last few did i don't give a shit <laughs> no nah. I don't know. Um, let's let's talk about the 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 Calvinism stuff, because we 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 uh we have had conversations about um, free will and um, those kind of issues. How do you think he handled? Um, I'm I'm asking Michael for people who can't. Uh, how do you think he handled uh, the the free will question? Because essentially, um, Calvinism is determinism, which means that God set up everything and determined and preordained everything that's going to happen, and foreordained everyone who is going to be saved. I didn't get to the chance to ask him about double predestination if if God foreordained people who are going to hell also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he tackled it in a way that made it a little. Say if I knew nothing about it, mm-hmm. and I came in, and was like, "Hey, what's this?" He explained it in a very smart way, but you could still wrap your head around it mm-hmm. and see where how he thinks <clears throat> is coming through, and how it makes sense to him. Even if I may not agree, I think he handled the question decently. Mm-hmm. But I also am not as knowledgeable. It is it is a difficult topic, and it's complicated, and especially when you're when you have uh, when you're in a position like him, yeah. where you are theologically essentially a Calvinist, and you have someone who may be asking you like why you believe these Calvinist things, which like you know it it, it which can puts you on the spot and it can be difficult to answer. And the idea of predestination is very defeatist at times. Yeah. Um, 
but now he he was he was defending it but i'm not sure i don't know because he was like well you know god has chosen people and elected people but you don't know who he, he's chosen so you don't know that you are necessarily predestined or that anyone can know that i think that's what he was trying to say yeah um, which which kind of gets around the problem, but at the same time, I don't know. I just think, I think our ways of thinking about it cause more problems than than they should. Because I mean, obviously, it's in the Bible. There is like people who have free choice, and there are, uh, you know, predestined portions. I think it's kind of a perspective thing. And plus, like how we see it as humans versus how God sees it as God. You also have to accept an all-knowing, all-powerful being above you. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's that's an easier thing to think about because they don't have, they don't need to because they've either blindly or through years of worship and studying put their faith in that. But for some people who are looking into it, it's very, very hard to imagine something on that scale because if you accept there's an all-knowing all-powerful being then it makes kind of the gate to entry a little easier mm -hmm. whereas someone like me who i believe in a higher power but not not necessarily an omnipresent being yeah so for me thinking about calvinist theologies a lot tougher to swallow than say someone who is a Christian and is strong in their faith and their trust with the Judeo God mm -hmm. and with their trust in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what about Tulip? Have you heard Tulip before? I had never heard Tulip. Tulip is what uh, Calvinism, Calvinism at, least, at least partly, that and predestination, is what Calvinism is largely known for. Um, so I'll, I'll recap it for David since he wasn't there. T, total depravity. We as humans, uh, I hope, t tell me if I'm caricaturing this, I don't want to do that, but um, we are, as humans, totally depraved, um, and without God, we can do nothing. Uh, you is unconditional election, um, which is, you know, essentially predestination. Uh, then you have L, limited atonement. Um, Jesus' death is only for those who, um, for those he predestined. I is irresistible grace. So, basically, um, the idea is that if you come to Christ, it's not you that is coming to Christ, it is that Christ that is acting in you to come to Christ, because he's making the first move, basically. And then P is perseverance of the saints. Um, so those are those are the, the main things that, um, the main tenets um, that Calvinism is known for, um, at least to the general public. So... What do you guys think about Tulip? It it definitely, on the surface, sounds very uh, dreary. I guess. Yeah, especially with to the, be to be with the language used. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think he explained it well that I, didn't sound dreary, or do you think he's just beating around the bush? Because I'm, I'm honestly convinced that, like, Calvinism is not a helpful way to think about Christianity. But I don't... that I think that there are good Christian people who are Calvinists. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't say Pastor Trent is a bad person because he believes Calvinist theology. Um, you know, there's... I mean, like, one of my favorite pastors, Tim Keller, is Presbyterian. So, I mean, like, I don't, you know, I don't think these are bad people. And I think many times they might be living somewhat inconsistently with the way that they think about things. But at the same time, we may just be talking past each other on, on some things. We yeah. may understand things essentially the same, but nuance it differently. Yeah. So, and I don't know. Also, just like in any philosophy just different schools of thought some are more introductive and easy to come into and then there are some like calvinism where unless that is what you are looking for it's kind of kind of it's going to be off-putting for the average person if yeah. if you if you are looking at it from a theological perspective so if you were to go to uh grace presbyterian and go to a service this is what I mean. You're not going to pick up on the Calvinist stuff. Yeah. You're not going to pick up on that unless you continually go or you sit down and you talk with the pastor or something. Um, and, and that's, that's one of those things that's kind of implied that you have to either ask or learn over a long period of time. Yeah. And plus it also depends on how one's view of self is mm -hmm. in my eyes, because for some people, the idea of predestination is like... It's a complete... Oh, shit. Thank God. And then for some people, like, cause it's like, mm, I, I don't... I, I don't vibe with that, for lack of better words. Yeah. The anxiety of choice. I guess. Yeah, for some people, the anxiety of choice and true, true free will is terrifying. Instead of just the illusion. Yeah, well, that's one other thing he mentioned. He's like, we're not truly free. There's obviously things that we can't do. Yeah, well, no. I, yeah, it's just the It's like we're of... limited to what we can do, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to burst into to become a pigeon. Like, I can't do that. Yeah, and if like, I but... could, there would be consequences which would stop me. Yeah. And like, so it's as all... we spoke about with free will, we, are, we have predispositions. That lead us to think and act certain ways. Like yeah. a person addicted to a drug, more or, likely or, it's going to do the drug. Or has like a chemical propensity to do that, like mm -hmm. a hereditary thing. Yeah. Or a person with depression ain't going to flip a switch and be like, yeah, I'm going to think sunshine and rainbows now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's still you who's making decisions to do actions. Mm hmm. And just because you have to live with the consequences of actions does not mean you are not free to do those actions. Yeah. I appreciate um, I appreciate the sentiment of Calvinism. What it's trying to do is ascribe a high, high, high amount of power to God yeah. um, as God because he is sovereign over everything. Because he's God. Right. But I think the way in which it does that um, by, I don't know, by pushing things like tulip and predestination, I think it pushes it 
too far in a direction that's not really appealing to people, nor, I don't know, I don't want to say it's not Christian. Obviously, there is a, a very, the Reformed tradition is a big chunk of Christianity. Um, yeah. But, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't 100% agree with the way that theology works. Yeah. And, again. <clears throat> That's not a slight against the church that we went to or Pastor Trent or anybody. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Very that, nice people, very nice church. Yeah. I, I'd go hang out with the pastor. He seems I love cool the design. Lately. Yeah. He, um, he likes metal, so he's cool. <laughs> we talked about a couple bands after the uh, interview yesterday. We we should you know all the cool passers we should like see if we can get them all together have a barbecue together yeah we should get yeah, like a, a barbecue on the lake facing the gates convention <laughs> just all making fun of each other the yeah. largest Dunk convention in our little town yeah and then they all try they all take their turns trying to con- uh, convert David <laughs> no no they gotta have a box. David's just gonna say mm, I don't believe you no mm. we'll, ha- we'll have a like pseudo gladiator <laughs> you almost fight. <laughs> My. Fight for David's salvation. Yeah, fight for my what? beliefs. Well, if we if they got a fight, I feel like the first two will put a damn good fight. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to the ones we're going to be doing in oh, the yeah. future because we we've, we've got pretty much all of them nailed down now. So I'm I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to the ones we've got and, coming up. And all three I mean, of us have We started on one end of the spectrum and went all the way to the other. Just went in. Yeah. Well. You think we went on the other end oh, of no, the no, spectrum. The, there's, it, there's The spectrum goes much further than you well, think. It goes further on both sides. The conventional yeah. spectrum, I guess. Yeah, so I, I, I would agree that like the church we went to last week it's was like very... It's a 180. Yeah, it's, it's a 180 because that was like a very modern, low church type thing, whereas this was a very uh, traditional... It, it, theologically, it's a high church, but the service, is it, it's, since it was small, I, I don't know if I can really call it high church and what i mean by high church is like um just very formal and there's lots of smells and bells which this didn't have a lot of smells and bells that'll be coming with like the catholic and orthodox church and anglican probably um but yeah i i would i would consider it more on the low-key high church if i can put that on a scale somehow it's like a sleeper what kind of like a s- sleeper car or a sleeper pc something that if you look at it it's nothing but it's kind of looks lower in but under the hood there's a lot to it sure yeah yeah i was just gonna like <laughs> i guess yeah. i guess it works it's low it looks low but it can be high key okay yeah sure this is <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, do do we have anything else from the interview we want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, I need to w- listen to it. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you when I get it done. Well, Try I mean, we uploaded here. Yeah. <laughs> because we got the good internet. Again, I like that works. Matter. Oh yeah, the the to become a Christian, it's not just faith. It's yeah essentially he was saying faith plus works but he was like well some people don't like that language so it's like i remember today he mentioned in the service and the sermon uh he sneakily mentioned faith and service he didn't say like yeah the well, word that's works. like some people don't like calling it a sanctuary or yeah it's because and i and i asked court. him 
I asked him because he showed it. He gave us a little walk around the church yesterday. Um, and I was like, is this kind of a he's like, sometimes we we call this the worship space. Um, I call it the sanctuary. Some people don't like that. And I asked him why that was. I was like, is this kind of like a like an anti-Catholic type thing? And he's like, yeah. So there, there's a lot of that within Protestantism, as we ha- can tell so far and we'll be able to tell in the future. Ew, Catholic. Is so that- there there is just a propensity within within the seams of any type of Protestant church that's going to have some kind of allergy to traditionalism and to Catholicism. But that is more prevalent in certain churches than others. As we saw today, there, there wasn't as much of an allergy to tradition, for example. Um, but yeah, any other concluding thoughts before we wrap it up? I enjoyed the interview. Enjoyed the little tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like him as a, from what I've, from meeting him, I mm-hmm. like him as a person, and I enjoy, even though I may disagree with some things, enjoy the effort he puts into understanding them in the historical context, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm a history nut. That, yeah. It's gonna and it, it's nice to be welcomed in a place, yeah. even though we were the only new people there, mm-hmm. and we were some of the youngest people there. Yeah. It's still, then it well, felt no, there, there were a lot of children. Yeah. Which was something he's big on is families in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the interview went well. I think he had very well thought out answers and I appreciated him obviously giving the time and giving us a tour and just being so welcome for us to, to come and talk to him. And then the service was good. It was uh, very traditional, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that is different from what we went to last week. Yeah. I'm just making mm-hmm. an observation, um, yeah. which I I like. Um, I think there's value in that, and um, yeah, and I mean different demographics. Yeah, I like I like like you said, I like him as a person. I like him as a pastor. Uh, obviously, we're gonna disagree on a couple things here and there, yeah. but. But yeah, I think it was overall pretty good. And he experience. didn't shy away from disagreeing, and he didn't shun for disagreeing. Right. Which I know some people, when they reach, and also him being a younger guy, he seems more open to discussions like that. Right. Which is something that, as we brought up before, that's why we started this podcast was to open those discussions and to mm-hmm. kind of show people different differences in schools of thoughts and nuances and things yeah which shout out pastor trent for welcoming us in yeah shout even, out to pastor trent even a filthy fun. agnostic and a filthy atheist like him it's yeah. always nice always appreciated yeah and i only had a couple people stare at me from my piercings which <laughs> was interesting well they didn't they didn't judge david for his jesus hair no uh, well there was a guy with a beard longer than your hair so yeah yeah. So the pastor did, did say nice hair. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, he said nice hair, nice no hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice kind of hair. Yeah. But, thanks, thanks, Pastor. Trent. But everyone else Real being cool. used, sit, seated already when we came in for right. the most part. Yeah. Also, real quick, shout out to him for not, not stopping when that loud when that kid made that loud noise behind us coming back from the bathroom. Yeah. He's uh, just mid-sentence here. Bang. He just keeps on. Bang. He just keep. 
that's not going to phase him. Yeah. And he he handled the crying babies well. Yeah. The little kid in front of me was having a ball with his toy and his goldfish. <laughs> just playing with it on the floor. Yeah. It, it was it was an experience. It was cool. Yeah. And it was real real peaceful. Yeah. Really low key, but cool. All right. All right. Anybody got else anything to add? And David, do you have anything? No. Any other final thoughts? No, nice. Quite quaint. Cool. Well, yeah. Close kind of, but with the closeness, you get more intimacy. Right. Well, next week, uh, we have a, we're going to have a very, hopefully interesting interview. We are interviewing a Pentecostal pastor. So look forward to that because that one's going to be interesting. And then we'll be going on to a Pentecostal church the week after. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll be Holy rollers and speaking in tongues. <laughs> Where's my snake? <laughs> Time for me to learn ancient Amoraic. Yeah. I'm just going to fall on for a sec. Someone foaming at the mouth. The bad thing, someone will probably actually know ancient Amoraic. Be like, he's just like listening to Taco Bell menu. <laughs> All right. Well, it's just a system of a down song. <laughs> Not Armenian. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you got comments, questions, concerns, contact us at facingthegatespod at gmail.com. Yep. Shout out to all the pastors that yeah, thanks have for talked the, have to talk us, to us and well. will talk to us because yeah. no matter what, it, it's a nice conversation. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been real <laughs> it's fun. It's been real fun. <laughs> yep. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, see you guys then.